The Wallop Roundup. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wallop Roundup for November of 2023. I'm Rylan Turner, joined by Kyle Joseph, and we are here on Wallop Media to discuss the news and, uh, I guess, stuff that's happened in wrestling over the last uh, 31 days. Uh, Kyle Joseph is joining me. How are you, sir? Good night. It's been a slower month for wrestling, but we've got a few things that I'm definitely interested to talk about. Yeah, we we don't have a three and a half, oh, sorry, a five and a half hour pay-per-view to discuss this month. Uh, We will next month, which will be fun. Um, But with all that being said, Kyle, why don't you, uh, before we get started, I kind of wanted to... Uh, start something new this month. Why don't we talk, uh, just why don't you give me bullet point what we're talking about today, and then we'll start from the top and work our way down. Cool. I can do that. Uh, so we're going to be talking about a few things, a few bits of news. Uh, new TV deal for NWA. We're going to be talking about the name change for Impact Wrestling. We'll be talking about some interesting things going on with people requesting releases from MLW. And we're also going to be talking about a preview of the cursed Saudi show that is Crown Jewel. So let's get started. Let's get into it. First piece of news to talk about, Rylan, apparently NWA has a new home on television. Um, Has this been confirmed yet? Like, has the CW put anything out, a press release or anything like that? Um, I'm actually going to look. Yeah, I was going to say, why don't you look while I talk about this uh to start, um, look, uh, we appeared on a podcast a few weeks ago called Botch, Spotch, and Chair Shots, and we talked about this uh, a little bit. I think this is big news for the NWA. Uh, a lot of people might scoff at the CW. Uh, I do believe it's a top 20 network in the, the United States. So that's, I think, big news for them, considering where they've been for the last few years. Um And also, it's coming with two different programs, one being your regular weekly wrestling show, the other being um, like a a reality show showing what goes on behind the scenes, which I think like to a certain degree, that's sort of been exhausted with the Total Divas, Total Bellas, uh, what AEW tried with Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes, which I think was um, interesting, but detrimental to MJF. You can't show that guy being a nice guy backstage. Uh, maybe now you can, but at that time, certainly not. Um, also Cody preparing for that terrible promo was one of the most cringeworthy things I think I've ever seen on television. Um, all that being said, I think, again, this is big news for anybody who's on that roster right now. I don't think you're as eager to jump away from NWA now, knowing that there's like wrestling is becoming a thing that like, I, I like I, we have, I don't know if you've watched any of the wrestlers, uh, docu-series on, um, Netflix, but pro wrestling is a thing right now that I think has transcended, um, that period of time where it was kind of lame and, you know, everyone was like, oh, it's fake. I think that there's a good portion of people interested in pro wrestling content, and this isn't a bad thing. Like, while the NWA has been kind of in the background of everyone's thoughts and imaginations and when it comes to pro wrestling, and certainly the booking choices have not been great. I love the Smashing Pumpkins, but when it comes to Billy Corgan's wrestling um, IQ, I'm not sure I agree with a lot of the decisions he's made over the last two years. Um, 
Pyrus letting Nick Aldis go in the way that he did and what have you. Even EC3 is a questionable decision. But to that same point, like, um, I don't, again, I, I don't think that this is a bad thing. I, I think this is positive. And what we're going to talk, like, what, when we talk about those releases coming out of MLW, like, I think the big thing is, like, MLW doesn't have a TV deal on the horizon. Um, and I think anybody who wants to get on television, this is a moment where some of those guys who maybe aren't quite ready for an AW or a WWE can go to the, um, can go to NWA and have some sort of fame come out of it. Uh, did you find any press releases? No, there is no confirmation and it's, there have been people talking about it as a rumor. It still seems to be going on, so we will see how things go with it. But, yeah, it seems to be... We're waiting to see at this point. And I think until we get to the place where we have confirmation, it's a little bit premature to talk about too, too much. But if this is true, this is a good news for the NWA. It's good news for the wrestling industry as a whole. Having more television, even in an age where people sort of downplay television as an important thing, it is a big piece because not just because of the, the eyeballs it brings to the, your product, it's the revenue. Because TV producers and TV networks are willing to pay top dollar to get programs that are going to generate at least some eyeballs. And as much people talk about, you know, the decline of WWE or AEW in terms of their numbers, it's not that bad. No, it's really not. It's, their numbers have been good relative to what cable is. Uh, Rylan, and I have to leave for just a second. I will be right back. Should I keep it running? Yeah. So our next bit of news, we're going to talk about some ongoing troubles with MLW, seemingly, or at the very least, some of their wrestlers deciding they want to be leaving. Yeah, like I said, I think that with this announcement of NWA on the CW and then the next story we're going to cover, I certainly think that a company like MLW is going to struggle to keep talent. Uh, most notably, Alex Hammerstone, um, who has been a top guy for MLW for years at this point was the guy to take down Jacob Fatu, uh, for the world title and, um, just has continued to be, like I said, a top player for the company. What are your thoughts on this? So he's the big name coming out. The other name that we have heard that has been released is Lance on Hawaii, who was former MLW tag team champion. He has been seemingly granted his release. Hammerstone is in a different situation because Hammerstone has requested his release and he's sort of gone on to online to basically say that he is going, you know, he's been released and to thank MLW to do all that. From all accounts, it doesn't seem like MLW wants to let him go. He is technically, from what I have seen, Wrestling Observer reported, I'd have to double check that, says that he is under contract until 2025. So we will see if they decide to actually go through with that, if they have any leverage in keeping him around. But this is a pretty big blow for MLW at a time where 
They don't need it. I feel like, yeah, I feel like they're in a situation where they can really use some victories. They're such an odd company, MLW, because I feel like a lot of wrestling companies seem to try to carve out, their, especially the, the smaller ones, seem to try to carve out a little bit of space for themselves that within the industry that makes them sort of unique in some way. I think the largest companies try to appeal to a broader audience, but then LW, I think they act like a larger company in a lot of ways than they are. Am I wrong in that? I don't think so. I think that... <clears throat> I think you have to remember there are two different runs of MLW, right? So MLW started in the mid-2000s um, and had the likes of Dusty Rhodes and Terry Funk and guys like that yeah. on their television. Um, and they had war games and they had all that stuff. And and they continue to do that. Don't get me wrong. Um, uh, just now under the name War Chamber. But here's the thing with MLW is... I I don't know the history of the company super, super well. I know that their main booker and main guy in management is a guy named Court Bauer, who is a former WWE writer um, and somebody who seemingly has a lot of um, has a lot of connections with the with the, the business. This is a guy who used to do a show with John Pollock on the Post Wrestling Network. Um, I'm not sure if it was actually a part of the post wrestling network or if it was just simply a, um, a show they did prior, but they did a wrestling news show and this guy seems well-rounded when it comes to his wrestling knowledge. And I, I would say that his booking is certainly a lot better than the NWA has delivered in the last few years. However, it's a big, or sorry, it's, it's a, it's a small fish in a big pond. And when you have, the likes of uh, uh, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, AEW, WWE, NWA, all going at the same time, you're right in a sense that they haven't really carved out a, a reason to check out their product. Like, don't get me wrong. They have some unique matches. I I look forward to watching their Royal Rumble type event every year because it's certainly unique. Um, and, like, again, they, they have the war games uh, that... I mean, truth be told, until AEW started doing Blood and Guts was the only uh, alternative to, you know, a giant cage match full of blood, weapons, and multiple tag partners. But they've never really been able to kind of get over that hump of being an indie company. They've produced some stars. Don't get me wrong. Like, let's not forget that MJF is an MLW guy. Let's not forget that uh, they did some interesting work with the Von Eriks and Jacob Fatu and guys like Alex Hammerstone, who are not household names, but if you're a wrestling fan, you know these guys. So they haven't been not successful in that. It's just they, as a company, haven't been able to get over that hump of being just another independent promotion. So, yeah. It's, it's, you know, like it is what it is, honestly, like if, if the, you know, if you're right and they haven't released Hammerstone, I, at this point, I think it's petty because the guy has given his time to you for years and years and years. And this is a guy who he's not the most exciting wrestler, but when you think of guys like Triple H and Randy Orton, he fits in that style and he does it well. It's great physique. Uh, great name too, uh, Alex Hammerstone. Like that's a great name. 
Um, and I think, honestly, when it comes to the two big wrestling companies, I think he fits in with a WWE. I think he fits in with an AEW, if they book him properly, of course. Um, but I think that the look, the style, everything, I think this is a big player. And, you know, I think that he's waited and waited and waited for MLW to get off the ground. But that doesn't look when you have the NWA announcing they're going to be on the CW every week. And when you have our next story uh, that we're going to talk about happening, like there are more options than there ever has been in the last 20 years. And maybe MLW just doesn't, you know, feed that that drive that he has sorry next story impact wrestling has announced that as of next year they are going to be going back to their tna name Rylan, your thoughts on this look i i said a lot on bot spots and chair shots about this um i think it's a positive move for them i think that their best the best of the impact wrestling history revolves around the the name tna um, obviously Hulk Hogan's era was a spot that a lot of wrestling fans look back on with more humorous takes, but, and, cer and certainly his decision to get rid of the TNA name was ridiculous and his excuses were ridiculous. Um, I think it's always been referred to in, in, in wrestling circles. I honestly think that when it comes to people who know that company, it's always been TNA. So why not just get rid of this impact wrestling that to to me has always sounded amateur hour. It's always sounded lower tier. And while <clears throat> uh, they have produced some great content over the last two or three years and they have like, let's no bones about it. Like they have a great roster. They have very exciting talent and they're able to bring in big names on big shows and they usually deliver. So why not give it a fresh coat of paint? Like Scott DeMore's come out and said that they're commissioning new championships. It's going to have a whole new look and feel. I think it's an exciting change for, for um, it, like what is now known as impact wrestling. And honestly, like I've said with the last two stories, the NWA on CW, like impact can't fall behind. So this change, I think is a positive thing for them. What are your thoughts? Doesn't matter. Like, oh, I, like, oh I, my god, I will be full <laughs> board. It's a name change, it is a name change, right? This but... name change, it doesn't matter. It is, it needs to be like if it's combined with the idea that they are going to be getting some investment, that they are going to be putting uh money behind it, that they're going to be getting uh new potential television deals or. Figuring something else out that is going to get them a higher footing in, in the world of wrestling, this does not matter. It is just deck chairs in the Titanic. Not that the, not, I'm not going to put that, that to that degree. I don't think that, that Impact is failing. I don't think that they're falling apart. I don't think that they're There's, fading from their position. They're stronger third. now than they've been in years. Yes. I mean, that... That's saying it's not, not saying, saying much, much, right? But, but yes, what I'm saying is that place. I think there's right. They're in a great place. They've got a lot of very good wrestlers. They have some some clear talent. They have direction. They have people in charge who know what they're doing. They've invested in bringing in people that other wrestling companies have kind of forgotten about, and have put care behind this. This is a big deal. 
happen. They, they, they do matter. The problem is that people, like as much as you say impact just sounds amateur hour, so does TNA. Ah, I TNA. think I think that's though because you didn't watch the era that was some amazing wrestling though. I think to but somebody- you know why it was called TNA. Like it was called TNA for the obvious reason as to why it was called TNA, and it is what, what? there is a level of it that it is juvenile, but it ultimately one way or the other. I know I will say this: what matters is the wrestlers care about this. And if the wrestlers care about it, which they seem to, that's good. And it's, it is a good thing that they are doing this. The big problem for Impact or TNA or whatever they're going to end up being is they're in a situation where they are a clear third place. And in a wrestling industry where other companies seem to be putting in investment, where there's money coming in for other wrestling companies, TNA needs to make sure that they position themselves so that they can maintain themselves in that because they cannot be solely based in nostalgia, especially given their nostalgia is um, all over the place. I'll give you that. Okay, before so we move. The thing, the thing I do want to say, okay. uh, I do want to address because it, it did come up. In the other unbotched uh, spots and chair shots that people were saying, yeah, I was getting destroyed in the comments for this, uh, about that Impact for sure can become the second biggest wrestling company soon. Oh, no, no, no. Not remotely. The thing about it that makes, that has it there isn't because of creative direction or uh, decision-making, or, you know, overall care for the product, it's money. Money is the biggest decider in this business, and it always has been. And the reality is that TNA is in a situation where they have enough money to continue to run as a quality third-option wrestling promotion, as, you know, maybe production values aren't going to be quite the same as, as WWE, they're not going to be able to license that kind of music that AEW is going to be able to do, but they can still produce a, a very watchable, very enjoyable product, which they have been doing, and they can continue to promote wrestlers that are good, very good, very, very talented roster that they have put together there. A number of people who, you know, should be on bigger companies, but for one reason or another aren't and seem to be happy there, which is great. That's what you want. But does this name change matter in the grand scheme of things in terms of their position in, in the world of wrestling? Not at all. Okay. Okay. It's, it is a way, what it is, is it's a way to try to get the attention of people who fell off after it was TNA to come back and check it out. And I think there's value in that, I suppose, but then you have to deliver. And that's the big thing. So I, I do have a question before we move on. Um, when it comes to, you know, like we talked about how TNA doesn't have an, a new deal on the horizon, or at least they haven't announced a new deal on the horizon with anybody of substance. Who do you think has an easier time getting a meeting for a wrestling show? Do you think it's Billy Corgan or Scott Demore? I think it's sort of an interesting situation because they're the big money behind Impact right now. Is I don't know if you know this. The Asper fan. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's the uh, which 
to those who are outside of, of Winnipeg, like uh, I am, the Astors are a huge, they're, they're one of the biggest money families in, in Winnipeg. Their background is, unsurprisingly, television and just, uh, communications in general. They were they owned a company that has since been purchased a couple times. They're the Asper family is the head of Anthem Sports, Leonard Asper is at least, which is the owner in large part of Impact. Right. Does he have a way of getting into rooms? I certainly in Canada he would. Right. Like they're a big deal in Canada. In America, probably they could talk their way into into getting into some rooms or having conversations. Scott Demore, I think, certainly has wrestling credentials as well that is going to are going to help. But is there a desire either on Impact side or outside of Impact to get? that kind of deep big deal is there a desire to become that that company that is going to move into that next tier of things and it made a lot of sense for AEW because tnt happened to be and the you know the turner family of networks happened to be uh, have a history with wrestling and happened to want to get rest back into the wrestling business is there another company that's in that same position i don't have a good answer for you if there is, maybe they can find it and maybe they can make something work. But finding cable networks that are like big cable networks that are looking to get into the wrestling game, I do think it's going to be trickier. Right. But TNA would have made way more sense on, on the CW to me than, than NWA does. But yeah, we'll see what happens in the coming years. I hope that it is going to lead to them growing as a company because more options for wrestlers is obviously a better way to go about this. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll get into our last story. We're doing a preview for crown jewel 2023, which is happening on November 4th, which I believe is the day that this is going to be released. So day before. So you'll get it just in time for crown jewel. Rylan, let's go through the matches quickly. Let's do it. First of all, we we do have a women's match that is... We have a couple of women's matches that are currently booked. The first one, Rhea Ripley is defending her championship in a fatal five-way match against Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Zoe Stark, and Raquel Rodriguez. What are your thoughts on this one? Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I just don't think a title change is happening. So, like... It's an interesting way to get everybody involved, but like, I don't know. It just, it doesn't really do anything for me in a sense of, I, I don't think any of these women are coming. I don't think there's any like stakes to this, right? Because like the objective is to beat the champion. And much like we've experienced with Roman Reigns over the last while, the, the question is, do we believe that any of these people can beat the champion? And I don't think that we can. That's my thoughts. No, not at this point. I think there's too big a story going on with Judgment Day that they're not willing to to deal just yet. I do think Rhea's going to retain. I hope it's a good showing for some of these other wrestlers who, you know, for all, I think all four of them who aren't Rhea Ripley could use a really good showing. 
to sort of elevate them in the eyes of the fans, but hopefully they can get that. EO Sky, Bianca Belair for the Women's Championship. What are your thoughts on this one? I mean, it's going to be a stellar match. We know that. They, these women have gone out there on B-show pay-per-view or B-rated pay-per-views and stolen the show with their performances. We've seen them wrestle tons of times now, but at the same time, we know that we can expect a high-quality match. Like, Bianca Belair has been a top player since she got to that spot, since she won the Royal Rumble. Like, she's been a top a top tier women's wet wrestler. She's a draw. She's, you know, like I look at it like this, like when it comes to Bianca Belair, like how many wrestlers were at the announcement of the merger between UFC and WWE at the stock exchange. And believe it was Bianca Belair and Montez Ford. Mm -hmm. And I think that company values her very, very much. And it's very, very evident that they have every reason to. She's phenomenal in ring. She's phenomenal on the mic. She's the future of that company when it comes to women's wrestling. Do I want to see her win this match? Not really. Because, Absolutely like, I know not. she's I, I, she's been gone for some time. And don't get me wrong. Like, I think that that certainly adds a fresh coat of paint to somebody when they come back. But like, we know what to expect with her, right? She's going to be great in the ring. She's going to be great on the mic. Um, but I don't think that the build to this match dictates that we need a title change. You know, Sky should retain, and this would be a nice win for her to have. I do think it's right. It is a beneficial win for her to sort of elevate her to that next sort of echelon in her title reign and make that title reign really mean something. But I think that's sort of the hope as far as, as I would think. But we'll see where things go with it. I I would hope she would retain. Now we're going to get into some silly season. Cody Rhodes and Damian Priest. What are we doing here? Um... It's difficult because, I mean, like, let's be honest, the trope of the money in the bank briefcase is you then go on a lo losing streak um, and eventually, you know, cash in for either the win or loss of the championship. <sighs> I don't know. Like, here's what I'll say. I think Cody should lose. I think Cody should put over Priest. And it's a good win for Priest. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think Cody loses anything by losing this match, especially in front of this audience. And that's not a knock on the Saudi audience. It's just that we know that there's a segment of the fan base that's not going to watch this show because of the fact that it's in Saudi Arabia. So I don't think this hurts Cody to lose this match. And honestly, I think it's the right booking decision to put Priest over. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I The reality of Cody's story... Is that, I don't even know if it's happening anymore. You know what I mean? I, it's difficult to say because we don't know what's happening with Dwayne, right? Like, the the writer, or sorry, the actor strike is still on, is it not? Yes, it is. So, and it doesn't look like it's really going anywhere. Although, from all accounts, John Cena's done after this pay-per-view. So, or, sorry, uh. Premium wrestling, or what is it? Premium a live event. event. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, like, what's who's to say what's actually happening here? I know that there's certain shows that have begun production again, but 
it's interesting. Like, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think we'll really know what's happening with Cody until the time of the year that we're starting to talk about WrestleMania season. I think it's always going to be a, maybe he will face Roman and beat him this time, or maybe he won't. Uh, But until then, like, I don't think we're going to have a rumble again. Is that what we're doing? I really hope not. I, I honestly, like, I don't think it's a bad, I honestly don't think it's a bad idea to have the Rumble winner face like the world champion, because I think you need some heat on that title. Right. Yeah, and, and, and let's be honest, does Cody and Roman actually need a Rumble win to get there? No, we know that the, we know there's a story there and, and we know that <laughs> while the chapters have been convoluted, convoluted, um, I mean, and I, and I'm not so much like, I think that the series that Cody and Brock had was one of the best three matches are one of the best series uh, of three matches that we've had all year. I think that every time they went out there and they did something fun and the crowd ate it up and, and it was always good. It was just, why are we doing it? Is was the question. Um, with all that being said though, like I said, I don't think we know what the story is going to be with Cody until at least January. Okay. John Cena versus Sola Sokoa. Do you care? Cause I don't. I do. I do because I think John Cena is going to put over Solo. And I think that's a big win for Solo. Like, whether John Cena is a regular player or not, I I don't think we can discredit the fact that for the last, what, eight, nine weeks, he's been on TV every week, wrestled at the pay-per-view. Like, it's not like... And it and, and, like, let's be honest. Like, he's one of the people that, you know, wrestling people consider one of the greats. Put in his time... While, yes, he was shoved down our throats and the crowd did eventually turn on him, I don't think we can take anything away from the effort he made in this run because, like, look at what he did with L.A. Knight. Like, that he he put him over huge. And I think that that's a huge benefit for L.A. Knight. Um, so, and, and, and honestly, again, like, when it comes to this match, I, I think lose, or solo losing... Does nothing. But here's the big thing is when it comes to the Saudi crowd, or at least the the influence of the booking on the show, generally speaking, the big stars go over. So if Cena wins this match, I think it's a mistake, but I think that that's a possibility. Well, not counting dark matches, taped matches. When was, who was John Cena, the last people that I thought? Who was the last person John Cena defeated in a singles match? I actually don't know. It was... I'm trying to find these are all house shows, so we're not even getting into that. It's been a while. It appears to be Baron Corbin. That I actually don't out. even know if that's true, because those are all house shows. In, a, in an actual TV show, the last one I can find, vic- singles victory for John Cena... Was Kane in twenty in March of twenty eighteen? Wow. Oh no, sorry. He beat Triple H the Greatest Royal Rumble that same year, that same April. There you go. <laughs> greatest Royal Rumble. There, there we got it. That was twenty eighteen, Alan. Yeah, it's been a while. Like it's been a while. You're you're trying to get me invested. He just lost Austin Theory. Like that's the re- the reality of it is that. You only get but so many times to have, you know, John Cena go out on his back. The reality is if you want to meet, meet care, 
I think that Solo has to put Cena out, not just knock him out, and not just beat him. Like, I think he has to either have him tap or, you know, submit or whatever it happens to be. Because I think that if you want people to care about this for maybe, and I think it would be a good opportunity for Solo to have a singles match, but nah. Here's the thing, though. Like, I see Cena as the guy who would totally do that. Like, he he would be stretchered out if it meant that Sokoa looked good. Like, that's a lot. Of, that's one thing that I'll give to Cena over every other guy uh, who was a top guy. Like, I don't think a lot of those guys would have done that. But I think he knows if if you make that sacrifice. Like, what does he have to gain from beating him? Or even even being competitive with him? What does he have to gain? It's been a lot of... He's got some tag wins. Yeah. He already beat Cena. He already beat Solo in a tag match. So we'll see. Um, next up, we're going to talk about, I guess we got to go back to titles. Rey Mysterio versus Logan Paul for the U.S. Championship. This is a match for spots. They're going to give Logan this belt, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. I definitely think so. I don't think they're ready to pull the trigger on Santos Escobar. And I think the Carlito, um, introduction at the last PLE was enough to keep this group together for a little bit longer. And quite frankly, like I like the LWO. Why not keep them together? Like, why do we need to have Santos Escobar turn on him? And it'd be the obvious thing. Like what? Give it some time to breathe. Like we've had the judgment day for over a year and a half now, and they've grown into a pretty formidable unit. So I think the LWO certainly has room for that. And honestly, like Ray's been great and consistent and and what have you, but like, I mean, let's be honest. Logan Paul has uh, an audience, and I think him being U.S. champion at this point, I I don't think he can afford another uh, another loss. Let's be honest. Like, how many times has this guy lost? Most most of the time, he beat Ricochet. That was the that was the biggest win he's had. And like in the WWE scope, that's not a huge win. Sure isn't. But yeah, I, I'm interested to see how this match plays out, but I do think they're going to give Logan Paul this belt. Do you have, like, thoughts about that? or Not really. I don't have, like... Whenever you give the belt to someone like Logan Paul who's not going to be there defending it, especially a title where the United States title is at its best when it's being defended every week. Yep. As with the IC title, make it a big deal by having it be the workhorse belt. The way you make a workhorse belt work is by having somebody workhorse it. Doesn't. Uh, it's neither here nor there. Seth freaking Rollins versus Drew McIntyre for the World Heavyweight Championship. Seeing so of guys who can't afford another loss, what are we doing with Drew? So this is the thing. I think, honest to God, if I was going to bet on this match, I put my money on Drew. I think that Seth has been a great champion. He always is. Like, there's no argument that Seth Rollins can carry a title. And I think it's been rough because I think that this title's been diminished from the beginning because we also have Walter, or sorry, wow, it's been a while. And we also have Gunther having a hell of a run with the IC title and stealing the show every time he can go out there and perform with somebody. So... Seth's had a hard time. And don't get me wrong. I love the fact that we got to see Shinsuke Nakamura, how we should have seen him for years and years and years. But again, it, it comes down to 
when you go into a title match with Seth Rollins, do we believe that you're going to beat him? And I never believed it with Shinsuke. I believe it with Drew, though. I, I believe that giving him a run might be the, the way you keep this guy. Because let's not, let's not forget, this guy's not signed a new deal yet. Like, he, he's been there, he's come back, but he's still almost done with his, his contract. So if you're going to keep this guy, a title run might be the way to do it. And, uh, yeah, that's my thoughts on that one. If we're building the story to Seth Rollins beating Roman Reigns, which I think we should, him losing here is about the right time to do it. Right. I don't think we're building to that story, so I think we're going to keep they're going to keep this belt on seven. Do you think that? See, here's the thing: is because Drew's been hinting at the heel turn for weeks, but hasn't quite pulled the trigger. This has got to be the pull the trigger moment, right? Probably. And I think that that's the way that he wins the title: is he he ultimately does the raw or he does the bad guy thing and gets you know, over like that. And again, like, I don't think Seth takes anything from the loss either. I don't think it hurts Seth Rollins to lose to Drew because Drew's been a guy who they've made WWE champion. He's won the Rumble. He's, a, you know, he's a top-tier guy who's unfortunately been slotted into mid-card position since the, 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 the you know, the comeback of um, the WWE to live audiences. So... It's wh whether or not you're actually going to pull the trigger with this guy. And honestly, Kyle, like my thing is if they don't pull the trigger and put the title on him, do they risk losing him? Maybe I, I don't see Drew. I, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I just don't see them losing Drew. I think it there's just too much sense to be made with him being in WWE. And I don't know if he goes anywhere else that is certainly his earning potential is anywhere close to what it is here. Right. But is this guy a guy who is going after the money or is he going after the what the content? Right. Like, again, like I'll put it to you this way. Like people will say what they will about Adam Copeland going to AEW. I think that to a certain degree that legitimizes going over to AEW like he's not a small name. There is no universe where Drew McIntyre has Adam Copeland money. No, absolutely not. But he and also I think is, there's he's fifteen there's like, years behind him, right? Like Yeah, but he's thirty-eight. Like the reality is, is that there is a limit to how long you are able to do this. And I do think a lot of people as much as it's it is sort of whatever, there is something to getting your golden watch with WWE. And I don't know. He's so easy to make work. The fact that they have to make him a heel again is absurd, but it was so easy to make him get this to work. I hope that they can figure it out with him. I hope they can keep him around because I think he makes the most sense there, but time will tell. Finally, Roman Reigns is defending his undisputed universal, all the titles, who really cares at this point? Uh, no, 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 Kyle. He's only got one now. Ever since he's come back to TV, he's just got the new title. I know that, but I know. it's still ridiculous. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll get into this quick because I don't have a ton to say about this. I think that it's another Roman Reigns match where you're not expecting anything different than what we've gotten with Roman Reigns over the last year. You know, I think you said it on Botch Spots and Chair Shots. Like, um, there's going to be some sort of screwy finish. Roman's going to go over. And, and, you know, don't get me wrong. It's going to be a match where the babyface has lots of great moments, but 
Are they going to pull the trigger on a, what, 42-year-old L.A. Knight to beat Roman? I don't think so. I, I, I will uh, say. L.A. Knight's 40, by the way. Okay, so 40. 40-year-old L.A. Knight to beat Roman Reigns. Actually, actually, it's funny. Uh, no, he'll be turning 41 before this show happens. I say he's 40. As of our air date, he's 41. Okay. Look, this guy has been lightning in a bottle. He's gotten over huge. I know that there's concerns with what he does in ring, but with all that being said, if Kyle, let's, let's live in a hypothetical world for a minute here. Mm -hmm. If LA Knight was to pin Roman Reigns and become the champion, what would your thoughts be on that before you give me your thoughts on what's actually going to happen? They took a chance on something, which is so unlike WWE, but my thoughts on it would be, why doesn't this happen at Survivor Series? fair enough like that's the reality it is and it, by all accounts it seems like Roman Reigns is not, not, not going to be on Survivor Series right so this is all like this feels like window dressing I would applaud them for at least taking an opportunity I'm never happy to see any problems like story things happening at a crown jewel because you know these shows should not be happening but this is it's sort of what it is. They're going to kill off LA Knight in the same way that they killed off the momentum for everybody else who's faced Roman in the same blah match that we've been having for the last long while with, you know, all the interference and all the nonsense that comes with the Roman Reigns match. And it's going to be like 25 minutes, which is something that I don't know that these two can actually, you know, do entertaining. Like, no disrespect to LA Knight, I think he is a fantastic talker and he has caught lightning in a bottle. But he's not Kevin Owens. He's not Sami Zayn. He's not even Cody. Right. So, yeah. You want me to get excited about this match? That is already determined who the winner is, is going to be about 10 minutes longer than it should be, and is going to be killing off a character who actually, like, had the audacity of getting over. Yeah, I'm not particularly interested. Man, I'm going to be interested to record the next Wallop Roundup with you if the, it goes the other way, just so we can discuss the anusha that is that decision. But with all that being said, Kyle. Yeah, that is that is the preview of that show. There'll probably be another match or two announced for it. I think, I'm trying to remember how many matches there were on last year's Crown Jewel. Well, there were eight, so there's seven announced so far, I think. So they'll probably put a, they'll find an eighth one on there. Maybe they'll do a, a silly battle, like a silly uh, battle royal or something. But We can also get Gunther in there, man. They should, but I don't know if they're wanting to do that. So we'll wait and see. I think there is some entertainment value to be had in this show, and there might, might at least be some title changes, which... I can't say for the past ones, as I mentioned on the previously, there have only been two title changes in the history of Crown Jewel. So, you know, there's only but so much that we can get excited. And it's understandable as to why North American audiences want to have these changes happen and shows, you know, they're necessarily watching. And I'm not sure. Maybe Crown Jewel does really well at this point. I have no idea, but. Time will tell. All right, Kyle. With all that being said, I think that brings us to the end of the program. It does. So 
I mean, like, with all that being said, we've got a lot coming uh, this month. Uh, Friday morning lights, me and Kyle are going to be sitting down to talk about the NHL, NBA. God, we've got we've got a bunch of great stories coming uh, out of that program. Um, we are also going to be do- bringing back Wrestle Quizdom uh, this month. Uh, we don't have the guests booked yet, but I'm going to work on it as fast as possible and make sure that we get that content out. Next week, you can, or sorry, in two weeks, you can enjoy. Uh, Kyle and I sat down to do an over-under on wrestling, was it wrestling finishers? It was wrestling finishers. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. So you guys can enjoy that. And of course, World's Funniest Podcast will round out the month. We don't have any content ready for that. I'm going to talk about a Halloween party that I went to. Uh, a couple days ago, and there were some stories. There were some stories, that's for sure. With all that being said, Kyle, why don't you send the people home happy? Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. We appreciate each and every one of you, and you have been mobbed. You've been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter, at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.